0: We are live. The future cast is back this week. Talking about the SEC last week. Big 10 2022 football preview brought to you this week by Caesar Sportsbook. Go over to CaesarsSportsbook.com today. Use that promo code underworld CZR for a first bet insurance up to $1,100 on Caesar Sportsbook. Go over there today. CaesarsSportsbook.com. Use that promo code underworld CZR. Andy, my man, we're back. Big 10 football the the black and blue conference I guess you could say of of college football the, the the you know I had to put the running hat on because you know this is this mm-hmm. is the conference that that runs the ball the most I would say out of anybody so uh, how are you doing today Andy
1: good good I'm I'm excited to talk about the area that you know we're both from right the Midwest is known for not a lot of change it's known for keeping things pretty consistent even keel. And I think we're gonna see a lot of that when we walk through uh, you know, the offense and defense and how some of these teams play one another because some days it does feel like it's 1950 still. They just right. don't understand the forward pass
0: exists. That's that's the the you know, when I think of Iowa, when I think of even Minnesota still, Penn State, Wisconsin, it's like run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and run the ball a little bit more. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna bump it over to you and let you control this bad boy. I think we're gonna start with some uh very annoying team from Iowa, I, I believe, is where you wanted to go with this one. <laughs> if you're t- Talking about the Iowa guys, yes, you're absolutely correct. Uh, super
1: annoying uh, being a Northwestern fan playing against Iowa. They are exceedingly frustrating. It's even more frustrating when you learn that, like, the visitor center there or the visiting team's locker room is painted pink on the inside to just, like, psychologically screw with people, which is – just such a dirty tactic that I love, but I also hate because I have to play there sometimes.
0: That's that's the one thing that that uh you always hear from people, right? Like last year uh they, they host all these night games. They always talk about the night games at Kinnick, and they bring in teams like uh like Penn State came over last year, and Penn State was ranked like fourth in the country and Iowa was third, and they're like they gotta go over and stay in the pink locker room and, and it's like <laughs> okay, like Come on, man. What what are we like in, are we like, are we like 14 years old now? Like just paint the damn thing like a a, a white color and be done with it. Why, 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 why are they going to do this? Why do they got to do this to teams? I think, I think it's like really funny.
1: It's like the only, it's like one of the rare home field advantages that they have that and the wave, right. That's more recent, you know, which you can't really cheer against. Cause that means you're supporting something that's terrible in life. But yeah, but, at any rate, let's jump into this wind total here. Iowa, the win total was set at seven and a half, over is plus 110, under is minus 140. Cody, let me kick it over to you. Kurt Ferentz, good season last year from the Iowa, Iowa Hawkeyes, right? They make it to the Big Ten Championship. Where do you see them falling short as you look at the schedule here?
0: I mean, seven and a half for Iowa, you know, like you talked about us being from the Midwest, seems like a low number for Low, low number uh, for Kirk Ferentz and the Iowa Hawkeyes. They've only been under this number once uh, since 2014, 12, 8, 8, 9, 10, 10, 6. And in the, sixth, the season that they got 6, they went 6-2, and two, and that was the COVID year. So it, it's very rare that Kirk Ferentz isn't in the top 25 at some point in the AP rankings. It's very rare that he doesn't win eight games. You look at the schedule, they start out South Dakota State, Iowa State, Nevada, Rutgers, Nevada obviously lost a bunch of guys: uh, Carson Strong, Romeo Dubs, Cole Turner. Iowa State lost Brees Hall. Iowa State's gonna have a solid team, but they also lost Purdy. South Dakota State, the FCS uh, defending semifinalists, and then Rutgers, kind of the, the laughingstock of the Big Ten. It's hard for me not to see them start the season out four and zero. Now it does get it does get tough going down the stretch, but they do have Michigan at home, Wisconsin at home, Nebraska, who's who's. In the, in the same win total range, 7 8 as Iowa at home. The tough games, I guess, on the road is Ohio, is Ohio State, but they are coming off a bye for that. Uh, I'm smashing the over here with Iowa. And like I said before, I'm not a big Iowa guy at all. I, I actually hate Iowa. I grew up, grew up in Minnesota hating Iowa uh, with my whole heart. Uh, they still got Nico Ragiani at wide receiver. They bring back Spencer Petrus. Uh, they they lost a uh, Tyler Goodson at running back, but. Uh, from an overall team standpoint, I think Iowa's just going to kind of reboot, reload. Uh, Gavin Williams is the returning running back, sixty-five carries, three hundred five on the ground last year. I think they're just going to pick up kind of where they left off. Um, and and you know, where do you think Iowa finishes? This is seven and a half number for me at plus one ten feels like a hammer. Is this a trap?
1: I think it's only a trap if you trust that Nebraska is going to be like far and improved, far and improved from they were last year. I think they they had a Um, point differential between opponent points and their points scored as like zero last year, like it evened out completely to zero. Um, and a number of games were only decided by like one score or less. So, let's just say for sake, like Nebraska is going to be someone that they're going to lose to this year, right? You you look at it, you look at their schedule they have no back-to-back away games, which is huge, right? You go buy and then you play Ohio State, which they could, they've been known to play spoiler maker for them too. I think even if you lose, right? So let's say you win against Illinois, you lose against Ohio State, you lose against Michigan, you lose against Wisconsin, you lose against Nebraska even, the only other loss you could have on the schedule would have to be a loss against Purdue because yeah. in a look-ahead spot, you have got, you got Wisconsin coming to town the next week. So with Purdue beating them last year, um, and Purdue coming off a bye actually for this this road game, I I still don't think they're bad enough to where they're going to lose to Minnesota. And in fact, I think they beat Minnesota on the road in week twelve. So for me, I I think I take the over there
0: too. I think it's a pretty the Min- safe bet. The Minnesota game, you know, I, I I tend to chalk up to Iowa every year. It is the battle of the pig, um, and it's in Minnesota. They they won by five last year. I'm not gonna like worry about that one being the game that really tilts this. It's more so, you know, what does Braylon Allen do? Does he come to come to Iowa, run ship on on Iowa? Ohio State probably beats them. Michigan, do they return to form last year? That's three L's right there. If you really wanted to write it up that way, and then the question really becomes, do they lose two more to somebody else? And I don't think they do. Iowa, Iowa State's going to be strong but again it's Iowa State at home it's always the biggest rivalry game of the year they have that's the problem is they have a lot of these rivalry games Iowa State Minnesota that's it's it just it's the nature of the beast in college football right but the problem right. is, is Iowa's always going to be a strong team the big question mark this year they have four sophomores playing the offensive line from left tackle to right guard and then the right tackle Jack Plum is a senior but they're returning Sam Laporta re- leading Leading receiver from 2021, finished with 670 yards and three touchdowns at tight end. We just got another tight end coming through Iowa. Obviously, no surprise. Keegan Johnson, Nico Rajiani, their next two guys, both returning, quarterbacks returning. The running back feels a little bit easier to kind of turn and burn some talents back there. So they got their receivers, they got their quarterback, they got a, lo- a young offensive line. I think they're going to be just fine. Kirk Ferentz is, is still, to this day, one of the most underrated coaches in college football, as much as that pains me to say but I am taking the over 7.5 wins at plus 110 on Caesar Sportsbook.
1: Let's hop into our next Big Ten West team. We're going to look at Wisconsin, Wisconsin Badgers. Wisconsin is set at nine wins, nine even. Uh, Over is minus 115, under is minus 115. So over, under, same. Cody, they're dealt back-to-back away games, two sets of these actually. And, and I dare say the second one is probably the tougher one. I mean, you mentioned it in the Iowa preview. Um, you alluded to this this Iowa game, Wisconsin game, going to be uh, you know a tough one for Wisconsin to pull out in order to
0: capture the Big Ten West again. Which way are you leaning? I don't love nine. Nine's a big number. They start the season out pretty easy. Washington State, New Mexico State. Um, Illinois State, like just a bunch of these, these lower end teams. Washington State, we obviously know, could put up points at one time. Now Leach is gone. Start out 3 0, then you have to go to Ohio State. That's going to be the battle of the backs. Obviously, Travion Henderson versus Braylon Allen. But the problem is, Ohio State has more talent all across the entire field. Chalked it up as an L. And then, you know, as much as I, as, as Illinois has been growing, as much as Northwestern is, is kind of like up and down year after year. I think those are two wins Michigan State. I think they're going to they're going to be not quite on the level they were last year. That's kind of a team that has one big season, regresses for a couple of years and comes back. I think they're going to fly through there, but then when they hit that hit that bye week, you come back down to that Maryland, Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota range and that's when you start having these uh closer uh games where like the Minnesota game even again in Wisconsin, Battle of the Axe, Iowa At Iowa, those are tough games. You're talking about nine wins on the money. That's giving you three wins to lose. If you put three up on the board right now, what? It's Ohio State, Mm -hmm. Iowa. Is there one more? If there's Um, one more that you're pretty confident in, I'm staying away from this number because three losses makes us push, and I'd rather keep my money in my pocket than bet on a push or a a magic win from Wisconsin because I don't think this team overall has what it takes to win 10 games.
1: See, and, that, and that's where I, I lean like more towards the over on this one, only because, like you said, you try to think of three losses on the, on the schedule here, right? So, Ohio State, that like we both agree that's probably a loss. Um, they're first back to back, right? They're more likely to use, lose Michigan State than they are to Northwestern, probably, which is fine. So, it's the second one, let's say. And then Iowa, Nebraska, let's say they split that one of those two, they lose. So, that's three. I can't see. Wisconsin losing at home against Purdue at home against Maryland or at home against Minnesota, assuming they're from weeks one through five, they're undefeated at home. So I think in total here, they're undefeated, they go undefeated at home, maybe three losses on the road. That's a push at the very least. And I can easily see them, you know, shutting down Michigan state right after they sent Kenneth Walker off to the NFL, right? Their was it their, their pass defense was terrible. Not that Wisconsin didn't throw the ball a lot, but like, they've been known to put up points and are able to scheme themselves into certain ways when they're playing those abysmal defenses. So I lean over you're on the under Wisconsin nine wins.
0: Paul right? Christ over the last few seasons, nine and four, four and three in the COVID year, 10 and four, eight and five uh, in his first few years, 10 and three, 11, three, 13 and one. So the last few years he has tanked a little bit. Wisconsin had the number 11, number 11 recruiting class, in the Big Ten, which is very low for them. Uh, that's below Nebraska, Purdue, Rutgers, Maryland. That's that's normally when they're up in that range, that 5-6 range with Michigan State and Iowa. So not a great recruiting year for Wisconsin, but they do return Braylon Allen, the Beast, 240, 250-pound running back, Graham Mertz, a quarterback, and, of course, they're just going to continue to have a, a dominant offensive line. But you're taking the over at 9, you said?
1: I'm taking the over at 9, yeah. I think they have a bounce back year. I think. Braylon Allen is going to be really, really good. He's going to shoot up his draft stock. I think they end up coming back and being the the Big Ten West team to beat You know, out of the
0: group here again, kind of receiving that spot. Put me down for under. I'm staying okay. away from this one. Put me down for under. I'm taking a, a loss at Ohio State, a loss at Iowa, a loss at Nebraska for three. That's the push. And then I still think there's a few on the board that they could, could lose. So I'm going to go under, but I think nine is a good number.
1: Let's hop over to the team that you're closest to from the Big Ten, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. The win total is set at seven, over is minus 105, under is minus 125. PJ Flex rowing that motherfucking boat, boy. Here with zero five stars. That's okay, though, because we got two four stars and 16 three stars in this year's recruiting class. We got three star, three, six three stars to the transfer portal. Cody, I'm looking here, only one set of back-to-back away games against Illinois and Penn State. Um, home cooking aside, why are you taking the over?
0: I can't take the over. I can't take it. I got to go under here.
1: Wow. Nine and
0: four last year. I love Minnesota. Chris Ottman bell returns. Obviously, Tanner Morgan returns for his 37th year at the helm, quarterback. <laughs> Zach Anikstead is long long left and gone, and Tanner Morgan's still there. He should have came out six years ago in the draft. And, but anyway, New Mexico State, Colorado. Colorado's, Colorado could catch them early. They tend to come out flat on some of these games that are non, non-divisional. I could see them taking an against Colorado. Michigan State, at Michigan State's a tough game. At Penn State's a tough game. Iowa and Wisconsin, we've already talked about both of those teams. And we talked about both those teams beating Minnesota. You're talking about the battle for the pig and the battle for the ax back to back weeks. You have Iowa at home. You're going to get beat down by that team. And then you get to travel to Wisconsin, take another L that's five L's right there. That's seven and five for the Minnesota golden Gophers. And they always tend to have that one game during the year against Nebraska, Illinois, Northwestern that they just completely tank and they don't show up and they get dropped by 30. I'm going to see it again. Six and six for the Minnesota Gophers, Chris Bell. Draft stock falls. Tanner Morgan doesn't finish the season yet again.
1: You know, I, I can't really argue too much against it, right? I'm looking at their schedule right now, too. And like you said, you lose you lose a couple of games you can kind of pencil in, right? The Wisconsin, the Iowa, um, and then Penn State probably, Michigan State maybe. And then you, now you're like, okay, where do I find two more here? And I think let's say you, you beat Purdue, right? Illinois coming off a bye against Illinois at the first of the back-to-back against Penn State the next week. I mean, Illinois could bite you, right? That's something on the road there. Or it's even Northwestern, right? So you have Nebraska, then you have Northwestern sandwiched between Nebraska and Iowa in Week 12. To me, that could be another spot where they jump up and bite them because they're looking ahead to, to Iowa, right? They could be, like you said, um, you know, at that point, they'd be what? They'd be
0: two losses away, lost away. so the seven you know. number i don't like the seven number that's the thing is like again like the wisconsin one i think wisconsin's number at nine is a great number by the books i think minnesota's number at seven is a great number by the books if it was six and a half i'd probably go over if wisconsin was eight and a half i'd probably go over minnesota seven wins i'm staying away from it but i will take the under because i think colorado who they beat 30 to zero last year they're going to come home colorado is still colorado Michigan State, Penn State, Iowa, Wisconsin. That's five on my hand right now. If they do win one of those, that's still four. That puts them at eight and four. And like I said before, they always slip up against one of these teams. They should dog walk. Illinois, Northwestern, Nebraska, they should beat them all. But again, we talked about Nebraska. We'll talk about them a little bit later. They, they're they going to have a good team this year if they can just keep everything together with Scott Frost. Minnesota has the worst Recruiting class in the class of 2022, no surprise. They I mean they fell all the way to the bottom of the Big Ten in the in the 2022 recruiting rankings, which is not great, bob Not what PJ Fleck went to Minnesota to do was finish dead last in the recruiting rankings. It was supposed to be keep everyone from Minnesota in town. They did. They kept Bixby in from Eden Prairie. He's a four star prospect, but outside of that. They didn't bring anybody else in that was that was really on that next level. Last year they were eighth in the recruiting rankings in the Big Ten, and and they just have fallen off year after year since the uh, the entrance of PJ Fleck, I guess you could say ninth, eighth, down to fourteen. Not a good look for PJ Fleck. Hopefully he doesn't dip out.
1: Yeah, I mean the like his seat. I, see, here's the thing for me though. I'm I'm I'm, I'm struggling with when it comes to PJ Fleck is that he's put good talent into the NFL, right? I mean, we've seen it time and time again, maybe Tyler Johnson doesn't hit, but like we thought coming out, he was going to be a great prospect. And I think he had one year with Fleck maybe, or maybe it was Fleck's first year there. Um, And then, you know, we had Rashad Bateman come out too. And this year we're going to see Mohammed Ibrahim come out again after hurting himself last hopefully. year. Yeah, hopefully. And so I, I, lean, I agree with you. I think I'm going to take the under here as well. There's just too many red flags here, and PJ Flex seat has got to feel hot, right? At this point, it's like, dude, you, you've you lost some games that are head-scratchers, right? I mean, they fucking lost to who, Bowling Green State last year, and Bowling yeah. Green is terrible. So you lost some head-scratching games. You've got a, a, a rich tradition of winning, right, winning culture in Minnesota, right, their history, all the national championships that they claim and all that. So,
0: yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm on the under here with Minnesota. I do see a world where they can start out the season five and zero, go into Illinois, win six and zero, go into Penn State. I don't think they can beat Penn State, and, and like I can see a world where they can start out six and zero, but that back half of that schedule, you know, as as much as some people might say, well, it's Rutgers, Illinois. It's Northwestern, it's Nebraska. You know how hard Northwestern plays uh, against Minnesota. You know how hard Illinois yeah. plays against Minnesota. Iowa, Wisconsin is a whole other thing. They tend to start the seasons pretty hot. It's about keeping that flow through the whole year. This is the make or break year for PJ Fleck. I'm going undertaking that six and six. But again, if PJ gets these guys going, the recruiting classes haven't been terrible the years past. It's not like the 2022 recruiting class is really going to matter for this year, but. If they can get hot, get through Illinois, get through Penn State, get through Rutgers, Now you're talking about a team that's eight-no going into Nebraska. That's where that's where PJ Fleck, you know, fights the headwind and and and, and gets that extension in Minnesota and stays there for five more years. Or he just, you know, what you put puts a hole in the boat, takes the job at uh, you know, Cincinnati or some bullshit. Row the boat. Row, row,
1: row that boat under. Next team up on our list here is Purdue. Which just happens to be my my second favorite Big Ten team, Uh, not because it's full of engineers there and I'm an engineer myself, but because they they were fucking so much fun to watch last year. Every time they came across a team that was in the top five, it was like, hey, how about we just fuck up your schedule? And also, we're only going to go seven and five, or you know, eight and four. We're going to be just good enough to beat those teams, lose, you know, on the road against Illinois by six hundred points. And so Purdue is always the the really fun team for me. I, I just feel like I had to say that. But their win total is set at seven wins here. The over is plus 100. The under is minus 130. Schedule starts off with a hot
0: one, week one. Do you think they get the win week one against Penn State at home? I wanted to ask you the same question because it's rare that we get the week zero conference schedule, right? So Nebraska and Northwestern play that week zero game. It's very rare that in the first three weeks, week one, two, three, that we're going to get a divisional game, and we do get another one this year, Purdue and Penn State. Very, very interesting game before they get to Sycamore, Syracuse, and so on. I think that's a, a game where they can beat Penn State. I think they can take advantage of Penn State's you know, lack there of overall talent. I think Purdue with Jeff Brom, uh, they've built a culture that – is built for these situations. They're looking all off season. They came off a nine and four year after four and eight, six and seven. I mean, looks as Jeff since Jeff brahman's is getting there. Seven and six, six and seven, four and eight, two and four in the COVID year, and they jump all the way back up to a nine and four season last year. They win the Music City Bowl. They're holding. They're just continuing that feel. They're like, all right, dude, this is the year. We're gonna take the next step. We're gonna get double digit wins. And they know Penn State's on the schedule. Penn State's really just like, hey, you know, it's Purdue. Purdue sucks. And Purdue's like, hey, man, this is Penn State. This is how we start the season off strong. You beat Penn State and you get on a hot streak here against the Sycamore, Syracuse, uh, the Owls, Minnesota, Maryland. Like, you can get hot. You can get – for Purdue, you run all the way to Wisconsin and then it's like, okay, now we slow up a little bit. But I'm taking Purdue over at plus 110 or plus 100, the, the money moved from minus 110 to plus 100 over the last few weeks. Over under seven wins. Give me it. I'll take Penn State with the win. I think they go on a hot streak to start the season out. I think they start out seven and zero. they get your seven before they even touch Wisconsin. Uh, and then it's Wisconsin, Iowa. W- where are you going with Purdue here? You said you, you said they're your second favorite team other than Northwestern. Are they going to yeah. smoke right through, uh, and, and get to get to Northwestern before they lose? No, so I I think they lose definitely before they get to Northwestern,
1: but I'm going to take the over as well. Um, As as I look at their schedule a little bit more, like Penn State, I I have a feeling James Franklin being on the hot seat this year, hotter seat this year, right? He had the opportunity to leave and go to one of the other coaching gigs and didn't. I think it's going to really come in and affect him this year when it comes to making sure the team is dialed in against this first game against Purdue. He's going to come in and be like, listen – this team beat up on teams that are rated in the top five. We're trying to be rated, you know, earlier on. We're trying to make a name for ourselves here. Let's go in and get the W. I think they beat Purdue pretty handily. But like you said, wins against Indiana State, win against Syracuse is two, Fort Atlantic, three. Your back to backs are only against Minnesota and Maryland, which is not terrible at all. I mean, you come out of there with, let's say they split the difference there, though. that's only one loss then. Now you're talking four wins already and only two losses you can see them beating nebraska um indiana last game of the year that's a win that's two more wins now you're talking six and then at either illinois or northwestern gives you the push and then a knockoff against nebraska wisconsin or iowa is all you're all you're kind of hoping for here so yeah i'm with you give me the over i think jeff brown's got this program heading in the right direction recruiting wise and putting talent in the nfl i mean how much of a beast is George Karloftis going to be this year? He's he was he was my favorite defensive edge player um,
0: coming into the draft. David no Bell, aside. David, David Bell, Bell, George Karloftis, and they got Milton Wright coming on the corner to play receiver this year. I got a question for you though: Auburn or Purdue in this next year's Outback Bowl? Purdue. Okay, so here's the here's the dichotomy. Last week you said Auburn would beat Penn State. This week you said Penn State would beat Purdue, but now you think Purdue's gonna beat Auburn. Yeah. Circle. It all kind of
1: depends. It all it all depends on who who's coaching which team. Yeah. Like I like (laughs) I think I think Auburn beats, I think Auburn beats Penn State. You're right. I think Penn State beats Purdue, and I think Purdue could could beat Auburn by the end of the season, right? So the the timing's a little different too. But I like the question because it's like, yeah, transitive property. It's like okay, it's the all these teams would beat one another. You're right. The problem is like if you play. So I think like if Purdue plays Auburn week one, I think Auburn dog walks Purdue. Like I think makes that, sense. that I makes think sense. That makes sense. And like Penn State playing Purdue week one is great because Penn State doesn't have anybody. They're playing. Uh Let me check their schedule here real quick. As note, against, Ohio. Yeah, it's yeah against Ohio. So like they're not going to look ahead towards Ohio, um, which is why yeah I lean that way and then. With Penn State having to beat Auburn, you know, in overtime at at Happy Valley last year and now going to Jordan Hare this year, like we'll talk about it later. But like to me, I think that's that's gonna be super hard. That's gonna be incredibly difficult to do. So yeah, back to the Purdue. I'm over, over all day. Um, I think they get eight wins again, eight and four probably sounds
0: about right in the regular season. Sounds like a plan to me. I'll take the over at plus one hundred as well.
1: We're heading to uh, the supposed rival of my alma mater, uh, the Illinois Fighting Illini. I live not too far away from the campus, and it is—it's it's the fucking worst. It's just nothing but corn around you for miles and miles, and crime, corn and crime—the two seas of life. Central Illinois, um, Illinois Fighting Illini. The over/under win total is set at four and a half wins. Over is minus one ten. The under is minus one twenty. This is one of those teams that's going to play week zero. Brett Bielema believes in the quantity over quality. I'm looking here at a hilarious 26 three-stars recruited for the 2022 class. No four stars, no five stars. So quantity over quality um, in terms of the Illinois program. Brett Bielema there. Heading into year two, I mean, year one, he fucking came out of the woodwork and just started punching teams left and right. I mean, respect the hell out of the fighting Illini this year. Is this a
0: trap? Four and a half is a dumb number. Four and a half is just not a smart number. Like we know, Bealum was a good coach. You go all the way back to when he started at Wisconsin. That first year, obviously, it really wasn't his team, but they went twelve and one. Then they go nine and four, seven and six. He goes to Arkansas, very bad program. Three and nine year one, bounced up to seven and six, eight and five, and then he had one bad year at Arkansas, and they let him rip. But and and now you see what Arkansas is actually like—a a, a solid. They're thought of as a solid team, not a, not a, not a Vanderbilt or a. You know, down that level, a solid team. Wisconsin, the same thing. They've been a solid team since BLM left. Illinois, he's building them back up. They win five games last year. You come in here with a four and a half number. Um, you look at the schedule. Wyoming is going to be tough. You got the old coaches. Um, Craig Bull from North Dakota State still there. Indiana, week two. Virginia, I think it's going to be a, a a damn match. Uh, in week three, I think Virginia wins that game. Chattanooga, obviously, in week uh, week five after the bye. Cole Strange is gone. That's not really going to do a lot for them. But overall, they don't play too many of the the top dogs, I guess you'd say, in the Big Ten. They do have Michigan in the second-to-last game of the year, but they get Northwestern, Nebraska, Purdue, um, Minnesota, Iowa. I think they can scrounge together five wins pretty, pretty handily in this one. Um, whether you look at Nebraska, Purdue, Northwestern, Indiana, Wyoming, that's five right there. And I think there's a few other that they could win. I think they could lose a couple of those as well that I named, but I'm taking Illinois over the four-and-a-half number at minus 110. What are your thoughts on Illinois? They live right down the street from you. Is BLM going to turn the corner, or is BLM going to going to lose this job as well?
1: No, fuck, fuck Illinois. Fuck everyone who goes there and fuck everyone who went I there. I sense a little, little aggression here. What's,
0: what's the thing here? Did you, did, did they decline you uh, no. from, from going no. to, to school at, at the University of Illinois, Champaign? Yeah, is that a, no. uh, you know. Did, no, 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 This is just a Did pure... they not give you, did they, did they not give you enough mimosas when you went on your <laughs> Illinois recruiting trip or what? No, no, no. This is, this is just classic. It's just big 10
1: battle of Illinois hatred for your rival. Well, team that I consider most closely our rival here, this team is going to be terrible this year again. Um, I, I think Brett Bielma was, was fun his first year. I think they surprised a lot of teams. Um, I think it's going to come back down to earth. It, Again, it's just you could totally see them losing against Chattanooga in week four, right? You could totally see them losing against fucking indiana in week one or something goofy like that right but then you could also see them beating wisconsin in week five and for a team that lives and dies by those shock wins i think it's more risk averse to take the under here than it is to take the over because four wins like you said you can pretty much count those just the fifth one is going to be pulling teeth right to put yourself in a mental pretzel and
0: figure out exactly where it's going to come from so that's why i lean the under there i think that's a fair i think that's a fair assessment on that one that's Again, I, I don't think they're gonna be like a seven, eight win team by any means, but I think, like you said, put yourself on a mental pretzel. I think they can grind through and match that same record from last year. But I, I understand the under as well.
1: To another team that I really don't like. I don't know why. Like there's just some You just got a like, lot of
0: hate. You got a lot of hate. You got you gotta let it out. They <sighs> they great. they stole your they stole your letter, actually. I think this Nebraska came first and then Northwestern came after, but they stole your letter in the alphabet. They made it this red. Team, it's more gaudy. The it's They've the won more games. They actually have some players in the NFL still, and it's a public school, and and they're and they're fun. School. There's nothing else to do in Nebraska except to go to college at Nebraska. It's a fact.
1: That or farm. So get on board with one of those two things. You'll be set for life, kids. No, but like Nebraska here. Okay, let's talk about Nebraska. So, Scott Frost coming into his what fifth season, sixth season. It feels like he's been there for a long ass time. I haven't seen it. Nebraska fans haven't seen it. Nebraska AD almost fired in this past season, this past offseason, because honestly, it was so disappointing to lose all those games and <laughs> be just so fucking bad. But as I'm looking at their win total here, it's set at seven and a half wins, over is minus .05, under is minus.25 Only one set of back-to-back away games. Um, they are one of the weird teams playing week zero. And this was like one of the more random things that I've ever seen. They're playing... Northwestern in, in Ireland, just so fucking strange. It was like, this is weird. Why are we doing this? I don't know with all the transfers coming in here, Cody, do they have enough
0: to, to get over seven and a half? That's the big question, right? They had the number seven overall transfer class in 2022, just a half point behind Alabama at six Texas at, at five. And you look at the class and where they got all these guys from, you're talking about Casey Thompson coming in from from the University of Texas. You're talking mm-hmm. about uh, uh, just a, a bevy of guys coming from the SEC. They lose a couple guys to Oregon. They get a, a defensive lineman from Texas Tech. Edge rusher goes to, to Vandy. Like these things just in and out, in and out, in and out. So everyone they did bring in, they still lost guys. They lost receivers to Washington. They lost D linemen to Oregon. They bring a D lineman in from Bama. Uh, they bring a, a receiver in from Texas. That's the thing, is they bring in Marcus Washington to play with Casey Thompson. But like we talked about with our good friend Alex Dunlap, he's not really, not really interested, right? Then they bring over mm-hmm. a grad transfer in Kane Williams from Alabama. So they bring a couple Alabama defenders over. They bring a couple Texas Longhorn o- offensive players over. But we obviously know Texas hasn't been back since Vince Young played. Uh so what does it really matter? What does the number seven transfer class really mean? It's not on the USEO Miss LSU level. Are these guys gonna be able to come in and, and do anything day one? I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure Scott Frost is the answer here in Nebraska. You know, he's he's brought his uh his parade of BS across the entire country, four and eight, five and seven. Three and five, three and nine. Maybe the Big Ten just is not built for you, Scott. Maybe you should pack your shit and leave <laughs> because I tell you what, the Big Ten is here to play some dang football. And then you have Northwestern in week one. That's going to be a gauntlet. Like you said, they got to travel over to Ireland. I'm going to bet more on Northwestern uh, and their smart kids going over to Ireland and getting the requisite sleep to get up and kick some Nebraska cornhusker ass. And then you got to come back home and play North Dakota and Georgia Southern. And those are not going to be easy matches. We know Georgia Southern can run. Run the damn shit out of the ball. North Dakota, my alma mater, we know they can run the ball, and that's what they do best. Then you got Oklahoma. Good luck, Scott Frost. You're starting out or in four, and you haven't even hardly touched <laughs> Big Ten play. I'm taking the under on seven and a half right here, and I'm going to bet all of my money and my fiance's money, and I'm going to bet your money, Andy, on the under for Nebraska. That was beautiful. That was beautiful.
1: I, I'm, I'm with you. I agree 100%. I agree with everything you said. Scott Frost, Mark Whipple. I think they're going to do just enough here to scare some teams, but I think you can't fix poor coaching. It's fucking. It's it's him. It's him. He's 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 made terrible adjustments on special teams. Made terrible adjustments on defense for them. I've got more faith in Brent Venables leading Oklahoma his first year than I do Scott Frost. I don't think they beat Oklahoma this year. I, I think they lose against Michigan. They lose against Iowa. Shit, they're back to back against Rutgers and Purdue. I mean, you can you could see them looking ahead to Purdue the following week and then tripping up against Rutgers, right? Although I like Casey Thompson a lot more than Adrian Martinez, and Adrian Martinez is just kind of a I don't
0: know, just a, a bumbling clown right now. Um, Why? Can you answer this question for me? Why is this number seven and a half? What have they done to make this number seven and a half other than lose games by seven points, right? You're going to put the number at seven and a half. They lost a bunch of games last year by seven. They, is is, uh, is the casinos and, and the sports books making this number seven and a half because they kept the games close in 2021? Is that really what we're doing right here? Like they dog walk Fordham, they dog walk Buffalo, and they smoke Northwestern in a game. And those are the three wins last year. And outside of that, they kept everything within a touchdown to 10 points is that really what we're betting on well they lost you know this is the this is the the los angeles chargers method here it's like yeah well the the los angeles chargers corollary where it's like well you know they had 10 seven point games so next year we're going to predict them to be good well newsflash you still got to win the damn game
1: agreed yeah i I think you're right like that is probably the angle they're taking or they know that the angle that uh like having more of these transfers and be able to throw around some bigger NIL money deals to some of these guys to stay it is like what they're looking for. But again, to your point, it's like Scott Frost, you're entering year five. You've had nothing but bad luck. Well, bad, bad luck, right? At Nebraska, I, I can't help but feel like this is more of the same. This this to me feels like the number when eventually when we get to our Texas videos and our USC videos, coaches that are – at places where we think the number is hyped up because the fan base is fucking energized and jazzed and ready to roll, right? Like you ask any Nebraska Cornhusker fan and they're like, yeah, we're going over. And you're like, okay, cool. But like, again, where are the wins? Where are the losses at? I mean, you can count all the losses they're going to have. I mean, shit, Illinois is not an easy one this year at home. Uh, yeah,
0: I, I'm with you. I, I think I take the under here too. The the problem is ten and twenty five in conference play for Scott Frost. Like I said, you're not built for the Big Ten. Bo Pelini, never, never, and I repeat, never, never won less than nine games at Nebraska. As much as people want to say Bo Pelini never won a national championship, da, 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 da. nine and four, ten and four, nine and four, ten and four, nine and four, ten and four, every goddamn year. Scott Frost, you're the polar opposite. Four and eight, five and seven, three and five, three and nine. 10 and twenty-five in conference play.
1: You're not built for the big ten, bud. It's gonna be sick if they can if they can figure out like when they fire Scott Frost, it's gonna be cool to find out like if Nebraska can get back and recapture the glory from like the 90s and stuff. Because I think having like a central middle of America powerhouse that has a bunch of NIL money or a big bunch of big donors that can try and compete with these other schools. Because there's only th- there's only one thing they love in Nebraska, and that's Cornhusker football. That's nice Cornhusker football. Yeah, exactly. And so it'd be sick, like if they could figure out a way to channel all that NIL money to recapturing part of that glory. So you see, start to have more parity, right, in college football. I just think it'd be kind of cool to have a team in the middle of the country just be good again, right? Them Oklahoma, something like that.
0: We got us a, a six-foot-tall, 190-pound quarterback from University of Texas. and We got his best friend, Marcus Washington, to come play football with him, and we think we're going to win 10 games, and we're going to compete for the Big Ten Championship.
1: But you know what? We're done with the negativity. We're done with the negativity. We're here for the positivity because this last one, this is the last one. I'm smashing it over automatically. My Northwestern Wildcats – Line is set at three and a half wins. The over is minus 140. The under is plus 110. Cody, this is a team. I'm here to convince you to take the over here. This is a team. Every single year, they've got a bad year in the Big Ten. In the last five or six years with Pat Fitzgerald, they bounce back. They come back hard. They come back fast. And they take the Big Ten West the following season. We have precedence. We have sample size on our side here, Cody. So tell me, just give me a brief synopsis as to why
0: you're taking me over here because the Cats are getting it done this year. I'm going to push this one right back to you because this is your team. And for the last 10 minutes, all I've heard is Illinois sucks, Nebraska sucks, and Purdue you know, is my second favorite team. <laughs> You lay the you lay the wood up for me. Why is Northwestern gonna gonna bounce back and, and do the thing they always do every single year? You tell you you convince me because right now I'm telling you what I'm looking at on this board is a bunch of L's. There, no, there's no way they've got double back-to-back away games, which
1: is shitty. But okay, let's take a look at their schedule here real quick. So week zero, they're gonna play against Nebraska in Ireland. That's probably gonna be a W, like you said. You pointed it out why that makes a lot of sense here. The other thing I'd like to point out real quick is that they're bringing back defensive coordinator for the second year now or third year, but basically they lost their longtime guy who retired, I think last year. So he retired. He's gone. They started last year. They sucked. This year, they're going to be good. Second year, we still got a lot of transfers. We got a lot of good recruits coming in. I'm I'm, I'm positive about this. You know, we're not ranked two, four stars coming in, 14, three stars. Transfer portal, we got five three-stars coming in there. we got people transferring to Northwestern to get that paper. As soon as we tap into the NIL money and can get our boosters to start giving out money, then we're really going to be cooking. But I'm looking at the schedule here, and I see Nebraska and Ireland. That's a potential win in Week 0. Coming off a bye, playing against Duke in Week 2. There's no Coach Cutcliffe there. Cutcliffe's gone. Cutcliffe was Pat Fitzgerald's. Fucking kryptonite for so many years. It was so annoying. It was so annoying because we, we we win like three games in a row. Then you go to Duke, and then fucking the Duke douchebags that are over there are just like, oh, we beat you guys at basketball. We beat you guys at football now. And it's like, you're not very good because then we'd end up only winning four games the season two. And we go on to win like nine. It's like, oh, one of our losses against Duke, which sucks. But anyway, that's gonna be a win. Southern Illinois win. Miami of Ohio win, then you get into Big Ten play, and they've only got to knock off Illinois, Purdue, or Maryland.
0: I, I see, I think this is an over, easy over, minus 143 and a half wins. You look at the first seven games Nebraska, like you said, we think it's a win. Duke, you laid out a great explanation why it's a win. The next two win win. That's four. That's already hitting the over. The problem is if they f- slip up, the problem is if Nebraska beats them. If the Northwestern sheep don't get their sleep and Duke beats them week two and they come back two and two out of this, go to Penn State, get dog walked, Wisconsin walks their dog as well, and then you end up the last part of the season with Iowa, Ohio State, Minnesota, Purdue, slapping the dog, come back home, get your ass kicked by who? I-O-U, Illinois, kicks their ass, and then you end up with three wins and you just get get stuck and, and you're just jammed into this corner with a three and nine football team again.
1: They they need to f- they need to figure out their quarterback situation. That's like that's like the one thing. I mean, Peter Skuronski is going to end up being an NFL draft pick. He's their left tackle right now, and he's like one of the highest graded left tackles in the nation. I think like it was Rashawn Slater a couple years ago. And now it's Peter Skuronski. So he's he's really fucking good. It's just can the quarterback play, and can they modernize the offense enough to throw the ball? Because they're not a they're they try to play Big Ten stanford football where it's ben don't break defense run the ball run the ball run the ball our quarterback is probably gonna be terrible but that's like basically iowa and and, and wisconsin exactly. in a nutshell too so can
0: ev- can evan hole take on 300 carries
1: he probably can i mean though they won't give him the full workload but they'll mix it up a little bit but yeah he he's he may end I mean, up getting drafted towards the end of the, the draft anyway
0: next year well, he's going to get drafted if, if he comes back and has another 1,500-yard season if they feature him. They should feature him. Obviously, look at the quarterback play last year. It was horrendous, all right? Horrendous. 13 touchdowns, 14 picks. You go through four different guys, uh, and nobody's really the answer. That's the big question here with Northwestern. Obviously, you know you have the run game. You just talked about the left tackle. Defense is going to be sound. Do they have a quarterback? And that's the biggest thing why you, why they do take the next step uh, up in the Big Ten because they have had quarterbacks. You go back to the last few years of teams that, that Pat Fitzgerald has had that have that have kind of uh, ascended into the, the top end and made it to that, that Big Ten championship, you look back at those rosters and they all had a quarterback that could make plays, that could do the thing. You look back early, early on in Pat Fitzgerald, pat fitzgerald's tenure he had trevor simeon that was one of the quarterbacks that you know he didn't do a lot but he did enough to win games and then you look mm-hmm. back a couple seasons ago uh when they did make the big 10 championship they had complete teams do they have that quarterback can they find that quarterback i'm not saying they're going to make it to the big 10 championship but i think like you said the, the quarterback is the 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 to this offense okay so we just talked about the big 10 west do you have a favorite team out of here to win the big 10 west to win the big 10 West. I'm gonna go ahead and pick Northwestern
1: to win the Big Ten West this year. They're gonna win the Big Ten West. They're gonna, dude. I'm telling you, ten and two, Big Ten West champion. Book it.
0: Book I'll it take all Iowa. I'll take Iowa. Iowa. Give me Iowa. What? Give me Iowa. Iowa always loses to us every
1: single year, man. They've lost to us every other year right. except
0: for last year. Give me Iowa. Let's let's go talk about this Big Ten East and then let's get out of here. This is the loaded division, the top end and loaded at the bottom end as well. Andy, let's just get started. Yeah, let's let's roll through these guys faster
1: than the Big Ten West here. So we first up on the slate here. We got Michigan. Michigan's set at nine and a half wins. The over is minus one fifteen. The under is minus one fifteen. Uh coming off, um, a pretty disappointing playoff appearance against Georgia last year. I mean, you beat Ohio State. You finally toppled that giant, um, Cody. Is there a way you're, you're leaning here on this nine and a half win total?
0: Nine and a half for Michigan. I'm leaning obviously over. They bring in the third third rank recruiting class. They bring in a couple nice transfers. Nothing special, but they do return return Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards in the running back backfield, Cade McNamara at quarterback. They return enough guys. Ronnie Bell decided to come back as a graduate senior. I think Michigan's defense holds up in 2022, and I think Michigan hits this over 9.5 number, gives them 10 wins. They close the season out at Ohio State. I think that's the one game that might put it in question. If they enter that game with 9, I'm going to be just quaking in my boots watching that one down at the horseshoe. But I think when you look through the entire schedule, top to bottom, there's only a few spots that seem like traps. The Iowa game at Iowa – and potentially that Penn State game. Other than that, I think they walk through everybody else. And if they lose one of those two, that's still a 10-win season. I'm taking the over on Michigan.
1: Yeah, I think this number is begging you to take the under. I think it's 9.5. It's set at – I think it's begging you to take the under here. So I think I'm going to take it with you, I'm take the over with you. Um, like you said, just the returning enough production on offense that it makes enough sense to where you can wrap your mind around it and be like, okay, well – Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh, I forget whichever one is there, but anyway, one of them is going to help coach the defense up again, get it back to the state that it was before. I don't think it will be as good, obviously, with Aiden Hutchinson being gone, but good enough still that I think they'll be able to compete with the Big Ten East, so I'm with you on the over. Let's head on over to the school down south, as they refer to them. Uh, If you're a Michigan fan here, Ohio State, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Win total set at 11 wins, the over is -140, the under is +110. Week 1 fireworks right off the bat against Marcus Freeman's group in Notre Dame. I got to ask you Cody, why
0: why does it feel like the over is the play here? I got to ask you the same question because I Ohio state, I think is the best roster in college football right now. I think Alabama is probably the better team, but I think this is the best roster from a talent perspective. The problem is you remember when they lost to Virginia tech in week one, a few years back. Mm -hmm. This feels like a trap. This Notre Dame game feels like a trap. And the minute they lose that game, the minute our bets go sour. And I think Notre Dame is going to put a requisite team on the field. I think Freeman's going to have these guys flying around the field. If they lose this game to Notre Dame, I think they go on a tear the rest of the year. They obviously get Michigan yeah. at home. They push at 11. Do we think there's a chance they get these two games at home, right? Notre Dame and Michigan. Do we think there's even a chance Ohio state drops either of these from a talent perspective? They shouldn't. If CJ Stroud is what he is, I think CJ Stroud is going to be the number one pick next year. Travion Henderson's one of the most, you know, in the grand scheme of Devi, we've heard, we've heard a lot of Bijan Robinson, we've heard a lot of Braylon Allen, Travion Henderson is still there playing football. The receiving depth chart at Ohio State is is untouchable. uh Ibuke, a redshirt freshman, Jackson Smith and Jigba obviously one of the top receivers in the nation. Julian Fleming, Marvin Harrison, like junior, loaded, top to bottom. I don't know how Ohio State loses a game in 2022, but I'm taking the under. Okay. Taking the under here. I, I'm going to sprinkle the under. I'm not going to hammer it. I'm going to sprinkle it. Those are tough games. Notre Dame, Michigan's tough game. And you still got to go to Penn State, Michigan State.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm with you there. I think I'm going to take the under here too. I'm going to lean it very – because, again, top roster on offense side of the ball at least. Um, defense is going to be hopefully a little bit better than they were last year uh, off the top of my head. But, yeah, I think the main – thing here is that if you lose the first week against notre dame which they shouldn't i, I don't think they will i think they'll beat them um but yeah i'm, I'm with you i think i did the under here at, at at plus
0: 110 for 11 under 11 wins such a tough game that's that ohio state bet is such a tough bet that uh I, i'm taking the under i'm gonna i'm gonna sprinkle the under but I, I just be more inclined just to walk away from it and if i'm gonna bet on anything with ohio state it's probably just gonna be. Um, uh, I'd have to check if their, their Big Ten overall champion uh, odds are at on Caesar Sportsbook or the overall national championship or to make the Final Four. I think I'd be more inclined to make bets on that than I would be to take the, the over-under win total on these guys.
1: Speaking of another rival in the Big Ten East, these two guys we talked about, right? Michigan and Ohio State. We're kind of the little brother to Michigan, um, although last year they really weren't. Michigan State win total set at 7.5 wins. Over is minus 120. The under is minus 110. As I'm looking at their schedule here, you got back-to-back away games in week nine and week 10, right? You got Michigan, um, who's also coming off their bye, I think, as well. And then uh, you've got, you know, Illinois the following week on a back-to-back away spread. And then you end the season at Penn State. Um, Michigan State was was abysmal in pass defense last year looking at some of the teams that are going to, need to throw the ball against them a lot, right? Maryland can throw the ball. Minnesota can throw the ball with, with uh, Tanner Morgan. C.J. Stroud, we think that they're going to be an electric offense at home too. I don't think Michigan State beats them. It's just can Michigan State rally together the usual suspects that they need in order to rack up some wins here, or is the loss of Kenneth Walker what separates them from you know, uh, the Purdue's? Right, which are just kind of a half step a little bit
0: below um, where Michigan State wants to be. Where do you think, Cody? I think they're going to try and, and, and build back exactly what they did last year. They bring in a couple transfer running backs, Jarek Brossard from Colorado. They bring over uh, Jalen Berger from Wisconsin. I think they're going to try and rebuild exactly what they did last year. You still have Jaden Reed playing out at wide receiver. I like Jaden Reed quite a bit. Uh, from an overall, you said the de- the defense obviously needs a little bit of improvement. But I think the offense, you're gonna see a, a clone of what Mel Tucker had built last year at that multiple scheme front, and I think they're gonna run the ball a shitload. Maybe not as much as you saw Kenneth Kenneth Walker had three hundred plus touches by himself. I think you're gonna see Jalen Berger and Jarek Brossard split this touch carry uh, and 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 kind of lead Michigan State uh, from that perspective and kind of how we started the day. Run the damn ball. That's kind of what they're built after. I think that's how they're going to play. Western Michigan, Akron, Washington to start the season out. And then you have the Gophers, Maryland. Those are five winnable games. They start out five and zero right here. The numbers at seven and a half. They run into a small gauntlet. Ohio State at home, Wisconsin at home, like we talked about a minute ago with Ohio State. They do have Michigan State, who was a solid team last year, top 10 team in 2021. Wisconsin, you get a bye, and then you have that brutal. This is a brutal stretch here, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan, and then you end up with Illinois, Rutgers, Indiana. Those are three very winnable games. So if you start the year out 5-0, and oh, you get those three winnable games at the end there. That's eight. I'm taking the over for Michigan State at 7.5. I believe in Mel Tucker, what Mel Tucker can do. 11-2. and two, I don't think it's Fouguese from 2021. I think they don't improve from that because they lost to Kenneth Walker. Obviously, it's hard to replace that but I do think they bounce back and continue to show that Mel Tucker is one of the most underrated coaches in the nation.
1: Yeah. I think you, you lay out the good point, right? Of the first five weeks are going to be potentially undefeated. You could talk yourself through that. And then I think let's say they lose those three games in the middle. Like you said, the last, well, the three before Penn state, all three of those are very winnable games. Rutgers. I like Greg Shiano. I don't think they get it done this year against Michigan state. Indiana is just pretty much just terrible. We don't need to talk about them at all. It's just, can they can they if they lose against Michigan, are we confident that they can't pick it up against Illinois the following week, or do they have
0: a, a a second week of you know worrying about what they have last on deck? Um and then they have to slide, then they have to beat Penn State, then that's what that, that puts you in.
1: Yeah, I would do over too. I'm gonna do over as well. I, I I agree with you. So we head on the board down to their last week opponent, week thirteen. Michigan State plays Penn State in week thirteen. We'll have to wait till then to see them but Penn State let's move on over to them their win total is set at eight and a half wins the over is minus 105 under is minus 125 looking at here starting off their schedule it's a really good schedule when it comes to scheduling they have a really nice schedule um they just have a couple of hard road games here cody make the case is this going to be the year that
0: James Franklin gets fired or is this the year that saves his job? I'm, I'm thinking about how I want to apply to this because the conversations that we had last week with Auburn, the conversations we've had today with Purdue, I know you are the massive Sean Clifford and a massive James Franklin fan. So I, I want to be kind in my response here. Uh, they do have Parker Washington. They have Mitchell Tinsley, a wide receiver. I love that. Kayvon Lee and Nicholas Singleton, a running back when the, very underrated duo, but they are headed by none other than Sean Clifford. Um, If, if I had it my way, if, if if James Franklin knows what he's doing and wants to keep his job, he'll probably fast track Drew Aller into starting some games in 2022 if he wants to keep his job to the to the latter end of the season. But like you said, the schedule is favorable, other than the fact that they open up against Purdue, who is going to be a strong Big Ten opponent at home against Ohio and then they have to travel to auburn which i think is going to be a very strong game because a very tough game because these are the twins of each other right the the penn state team is not the top end of the uh, the big 10 and auburn's not the top end of the sec but they're not near the bottom at all I think you can make a case for Penn State to finish through Purdue, Ohio, Auburn, and Central Michigan at 3-1. and one. I think they lose one of the Purdue or Auburn's games. I don't think they let Ohio or Central Michigan slip them up. Then they go to Northwestern. Or Northwestern comes to Penn State. They dog walk them, and they come out of that bye week going into Michigan, sitting at that 4-1 and one mark. You look at the number at 8.5. Come back down to the back end. You get Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State, Minnesota in between Michigan and Ohio state could be one where they're overlooking from one game to the other. We talked about earlier, Minnesota can win these games. I I just, it's, it's very tough for me to see Penn state go under this eight and a half number because I think the only two games that they really can write down to lose is Michigan, Ohio state and one of the first couple. So I'm going to take Penn state over eight and a half. James Franklin keeps his job. Sean Clifford, is benched or injured by week four? Drew Aller starts against Michigan in week six. And the Penn State Nittany Lions are led by Drew Aller, Kayvon Lee, and Nicholas Singleton into Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State. And they finish nine and three in the Big Ten. It,
1: the only one you got to make a case for, right? So if you're going to say they lose against Michigan, because we think maybe Michigan's going to have a, kind of a bounce back season, we think Ohio State's going to be a win too for, for Ohio State there week nine then you're really just trying to make the case, like, okay, how likely is it they lose against Purdue in week one, Auburn in week three, or Michigan State in week week 13? Because the rest of their schedule is, are all winnable games, and we think they can basically run and train to the middle of their schedule. So I'm with you there. I think I take the over there, too, as well. Um, this makes me nervous because eight and a half is a really high number, and I just get really nervous at, like, if they lose against Purdue, do they lose against – auburn in week three right do they start like having these weird games where they're losing by five six eight points or whatever i'm a little worried about that that aside though um you you know what
0: i'm gonna pivot here i'm gonna pivot here we talked through these first couple games purdue and auburn and and i was like man three and one four and one through northwestern makes sense but if they go three and two through those they if they slip up because at purdue and at auburn are not they're not a joke no they're not Ross eight is not a joke Michigan Ohio State that's four losses right there you're already at eight and four plus you got Michigan State to close the year out like I talked about Minnesota between the minute Michigan Ohio State game I'm th- I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot to under we locking it in I didn't lock it in before I'm locking this one in under I think Penn State's a seven win team. God I hate that number but I'm gonna go under ah.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm staying away from it. But if I had to lean one, I think I would lean over. But I'm, I'm staying away from this number. This is this is a gross number. Speaking of gross things, this is a team that has a, one of the grossest uniforms. And shout out to this whole state because they truly embrace how terrible their state flag is. I don't, I'll never understand it. Um, talking about the Maryland Terrapins here. Their win total is set at six wins. Over is minus 105. The under is minus 125 here. Um. Talia Ty, Tyco Viola is is leading the Terrapins again this season. Um, man, Cody, I, I just really can't. I really just think I should hammer the under here. I don't. I don't really have a lot of faith in Maryland as a whole, the program. I don't have a lot of faith in them winning tough games or close games. Um, I don't know. Is there even a case we made to take the over here?
0: I hate it. I hate this number. I wish it was at four so I could go over. SMU is not going to be an easy game. Like you got the two early games against Buffalo. You win those two games. SMU, Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, L, 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 Indiana, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Penn State, Ohio State, L, L, L. Those are three uh, games that you, you're just not going to win. So I, I think Maryland's going to come in here at the four or five win mark. I love the talent that they have around there. Dante Demas, Rakeem Jarrett, Tawalia, right-handed version of Tua, uh, a little more athletic. I, I don't hate him at all, but I don't think he's been much the NFL, but Rakeem Jarrett, Dante Demas, I sure wish there was a, a, a very, uh, uh, I wish there was a better quarterback there to get them the ball. I just, again, Maryland's uh, overall, team build maryland in general everything that university brings to the table is a zero uh ever since like to 2002 days when they played duke in basketball uh, and they talk smack to jj reddick that that's like what the only thing you can think positively from the university of maryland so let's smash that under let's cash some checks let's win some money another school that has been kind of
1: marred by incompetence and pretty terrible coaching so far the birthplace of college football um, you think for having birthplace college football, it would be a better football team. But Greg Chiano is hoping to kind of pull that pull that together now. Rutgers, a set of four wins uh, over is minus 105, under is minus 125 here. Um, this is a team that really pissed a lot of people off last year because they would just come out of nowhere and they would play your team super close and then they would end up blo- getting blown out. Like, I want to say they beat. They beat Illinois, they almost beat Nebraska, or they beat Nebraska, but then Rutgers lost to Northwestern last year, a three nine team. You know, like they just they, they lose these random games out of nowhere. Um pretty infuriating, if you ask me. Again, total sitting at four wins, over is minus one oh five, the under is minus one twenty-five. I, I want to lean over here, but I'm not confident in it at all.
0: Rutgers going one and eleven. One and eleven. Rutgers is going one and eleven. The bottom, okay. the bottom, the basement of the Big Ten. Yes, they beat Indiana last year, thirty-eight-three. Remember Isaiah Pacheco, Bo Melton, both gone. The highlight, the stars of these offenses. They beat Illinois by six, and they dogwalk Delaware early in the year. They did beat Temple. Temple and Rutgers is a game again this year that's just going to be whatever. Whatever happens, happens. I'm going 1-11, 2-10. I think they beat the dog. They beat the breaks off Wagner, and then I think that game against Temple is really the game. It's like, oh, are they going to win two games or are they going to win one? And I think by the time they beat Wagner, they're going to be happy they put a game on the schedule, and they're going to go 1-11, and Rutgers, the basement of the Big Ten. Next question. Brutal. Okay, I'm with. uh, mm. I'm looking at their schedule. Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you you thinking over? Are you going over here? What are they going to beat? Who are they going to beat? They're going to be Wagner, Temple. They're not going to be Boston College. Okay, not going to be be, Not going to Ohio State, Nebraska. Who are they going to beat? This is a tough fucking schedule.
1: I could see. Yeah, it is very tough. But so you could you could make the case, right? Let's say they beat Wagner. They beat Temple in week three. That's two wins. Then you say, "Okay, they could probably beat indiana that's that's three. That's probably your three your three gimme gimme ish wins right Now you need a fourth one." To, oh, fuck yeah you need a fourth one to push Maryland fifth, fourth, is it Maryland fifth, are you gonna sweat until Maryland you need five wins yeah I'm, I'm I'm on the under here too I can't I can't wait that long I gotta know earlier if my, my ticket is that's what I'm thinking what? like
0: you're gonna be sweating to get the Maryland win if they get the Maryland win there's yeah. more talent in Maryland and that would even be your fourth from what we're thinking about so right I, th- I think you hammer the under here and I'm just yeah. being bold I think 111 I don't even think it's bold because it's Rutgers but what a fall well, for Greg Schiano. I know. I dude,
1: their their quarterback play has been just absolutely atrocious there. Their recruiting's a little bit better than than it has been in previous years, but damn there. It's a sad state of affairs in Piscataway, New Jersey. There is one team though we haven't talked about yet. They actually have a smaller win total than Rutgers. And that's the Indiana Hoosiers. The win total set at three and a half wins. The over is at minus one fifty. Under is plus one twenty. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, two sets of uh, you know two sets of back to back away games. You got schedule opens up against Illinois. Then you got Idaho coming to town. Western Kentucky uh, playing at home too. Then you go on the road against Cincinnati, and Nebraska. Come home against Michigan, Maryland. Then you're back on the road against Rutgers. Have the bye week plus Penn State at your at your home field, and then you wrap the season with another back to back against Ohio State and Michigan State. That's brutal. Finish it off with a home win against Purdue here. I, this is this is the this is the the easiest under right we've taken all day.
0: They bring over Sean Shivers from Auburn to play running back. They lose my, lose Michael Penix, who was like the to me was like the feature of this offense the last few years. Right. They lose him to Washington. What are you going to do? You're going to run the ball with Sean Shavers, give him a 1,000 yards. You're going to have another version of Stevie Scott come through here. (laughs) I'm not really interested in what Indiana is going to be putting on the field this year. Like you said, plus money to go under three and a half. And when you look at the schedule, Illinois, we talked about Brett Bielema, Idaho, Western Kentucky, Michigan, Maryland, Penn State, Purdue. You look at all those, maybe Idaho, maybe Idaho. And Rutgers, give me under. Give me under on Indiana. I think Sean Shivers, you just have one running back. You can have a new quarterback come in and run the helm. They did have the number three transfer portal class in the Big Ten 37.84 points. They brought in two four stars, but I don't know what the hell that matters. It's 27th overall class in college football from the transfer portal. Doesn't really mean jack shit. We know Nebraska's seventh overall class really didn't bring a lot to the table. So Indiana bringing in a couple guys really doesn't do much. Again, Sean Shivers was the top prospect they did bring in from the transfer portal. They lost guys to they lost prospects to Liberty. They lost linemen to FCS schools Mm -hmm. to UMass, independent schools, right? Indiana. Is not going to win three and a half. They're not going to win four games. If Indiana wins anything, it's going to be Idaho. They might mess around and beat Rutgers and Maryland. That's three, and you're begging for a fourth. There, I don't think they do it. Let's go under on the Indiana <laughs> Hoosiers. Hoosiers. What are you thinking, Andy? I was going to say let's let's wrap
1: it up here um, with given giving the folks one of our best bets. I'll, I'll give you some time to think for a little bit. Let, let you marinate over it a little bit. Over you already know what it is. It's Northwestern over three and a half wins. Best bet. Lock it in. Take out a second mortgage responsibly. Bet that on it too. It's going over. It's a bounce back season. We're going to get it. And under, I love the Nebraska under. I love the idea of Scott Frost finally being exposed the final years, the fraud that he is. Give me over Northwestern, give me under Nebraska. And in fact, Nebraska is a dumpster fire after week zero when they lose to
0: Northwestern in Ireland. Let's go over with the Iowa Hawkeyes. Seven and a half wins at plus 110. Kirk France hasn't won less than eight games since 2014, so we're smashing that over seven and a half at plus 110. And then my favorite under is Ohio State at plus 110. Under. 11 wins. Like I said, I want to stay away from it, but I'm just going to click the under button. Ride or die, Ohio dies in 2022. Maybe the Big Ten just is not built for you, Scott. Maybe you should pack your shit and leave (laughs) because I tell you what, the Big Ten is here to play some dang football. And then you have Northwestern in week one. That's going to be a gauntlet. Like you said, they got to travel over to Ireland. I'm going to bet more on Northwestern uh, and their smart kids going over to Ireland and getting the requisite sleep to get up and kick some Nebraska cornhusker ass. And then you got to come back home and play North Dakota and Georgia Southern. And those are not going to be easy matches. We know Georgia Southern can run the damn shit out of the ball. North Dakota, my alma mater, we know they can run the ball, and that's what they do best. Then you got Oklahoma. Good luck, Scott Frost. You're starting out 0-4, and you haven't even hardly touched Big Ten play. I'm taking the under on 7.5 right here, and I'm going to bet all of my money and my fiancé's money, and I'm going to bet your money, Andy, on the under for Nebraska. Cool. There's
1: nothing else to do in Nebraska except to go to college at Nebraska. It's a fact. That or farm.
0: That's Cornhusker football.